0: So we've been talking about living in the Kingdom of Heaven and talking about how to do that, and one way that we live in the Kingdom of Heaven is not submitting to the world 's rules but choosing to submit to god 's rules, and then our whole life will be different and We ended up on number six. I had a kind of a list of that and wanted to share with you, but I'm really feeling sort of a, a turn in in um, what i'm hearing from from the Lord in my heart and I would like to just speak to you, if we can just sort of stop the, um, put the uh, series on hold and just kind of let the Holy Spirit talk today. I really believe that He wants me to share this, that we forget that the Word is alive. And... Hebrews 4, verse 12, verse 13 are so significant and and it's like God's been speaking this to me over and over and over this week that it says the word is alive and active and sharper than any two-edged sword penetrating to even dividing soul and spirit, joint and marrow, able to judge the thought and attitudes of the heart. That nothing in all creation is laid is is, um, is covered from the eyes of God. Nothing, everything is laid bare unto Him, who we must all give account. And those scriptures have just been speaking to me so much, and I really believe that God wants us to take a a little break from our series. Not that the Word doesn't all tie in together. It all dovetails together anyway. But to really focus on these scriptures. And I want to first say just the Word of God is living. And we know that the Word is Jesus. Je- Jesus is the Word. He's the Logos Word of God. That Jesus was there in the beginning. That He helped create um, the world. Um, even when it talks about God and in the Hebrew language, it, it's a, a more than one person. When it's a he, it's more of a them because it was God the Father and God the Son and God the Holy Spirit. And then we know that he is alive and he sits at the right hand of the Father. And the book of Hebrews, and in, in, in especially even in this particular chapter, is talking about Jesus as our high priest and how he felt everything that we have been feeling. And he's been through everything that that we have been through. And, and I used to think, you know, okay, come on now. Jesus was a man, and I realize that, but he has not gone through everything that a female has gone through. He's just not. Okay? I just can't believe that. But he has, because when God put the curse on Jesus Christ, he put every pain, every sickness, the, the incredible pain sometimes in childbirth, every fear, every disease, everything that you've ever experienced upon him. And so, yes, he does understand, and yes, he has felt it. And I can't conceive of that. I can't wrap my mind around that that all at once... Can you imagine all at once having every sickness and every disease upon you? I, I can't even imagine. I mean, that means leprosy, um, alcoholism, rejection, every, everything that could, could come with the curse. Everything that, that we might have in our lives as a result of the curse, as a result of the things that, that are our weaknesses. And, and yet he... Is now alive and at the right hand of the Father, and the reason that it's so significant is that He intercedes for us because He does know how we feel. You know, Um, I I needed to find a new doctor, and I've been telling my mom, well, um, just kind of a general doctor because I never really found a general doctor, and I just would like to have a female, and not anything against male doctors, but I just wanted to have someone who would know how certain things were and. That's the way Jesus is. He understands, and I just didn't used to get that. I didn't used to get that at all, but He does, and He is alive. And, and so what's so significant about this is it says the Word of God is alive. That means that the words that we read on the pages of the Bible, when, when you hear them spoken out loud, they do something to the inside of you because they're alive. If you have the Holy Spirit in you, they should be stirring on the inside of you, and it should excite you to hear the Word of God. And when someone that acknowledges that the Word is alive reads the Word or says the Word, um, you should feel and hear the excitement or the intensity in their voice. That, that's why I say, you know, it really takes a lot of work to make the Word boring because it's alive. It's alive. And so anything that you read from the Word, not only is it alive, but it will affect you, body, soul, and spirit, however God wants it to affect you. And you need to be a receptacle to that. You know, when you read the Word, to be open and say, God, you know, change me, change every part of my heart. I open myself to you. And let that Word just sink into you and change you and, and renew you and bring you from a place of sadness to a place of joy, The word is alive. And then what I love about the book of Hebrews here in verse 4, it says not only is the word of God alive, but it's active. You know, there's a lot of people on this earth that are alive, but they're not very active. You know, there's a lot of people on this earth, a lot that contribute nothing to society. Nothing. And they're just on survival mode and they get up, and they go to work, and then maybe some of them don't even go to work, and then they come home, and they get their dinner, they put it in the microwave, they watch TV, they go to bed, and then they get up, and they go to work. That's being alive, but that's not being active. I mean, active is when you're looking for someone to help. Active is when you're, you're desiring to make the world a better place. Active is when you're going after God with all of your heart and soul, and and God can call you a man after his own heart. You know, David was called a man after God's own heart, and he had so much sin. And not only that, God is the God of the past, the God of the present, the God of the future. So we already knew the things David was going to do, and he still loved David. He still called David, and he still called David out of the shepherd's field to be king of all of Israel, and he already knew he was going to kill a man and marry his wife and, and commit adultery and all the things David did. He already knows the things that you have done that you're ashamed of. He already knew that, but he still called you. He still loves you, and he still will call you a man or a woman after his own heart if you're always going after him, and that's being active. The Word of God is alive and it's active. That means Jesus is active in this world. He's active in your life. He's active where he's given permission to be active because God always gives us a choice. God's not going to just break into your house and, and make everything right and clean it all up and make your relationships right. And he needs to be invited just like he needs to be invited into your heart. But we need to see the word as active. You know, when we read the word, we need to read it as active. It's sharper than any double edged sword. It penetrates even to dividing soul and spirit. We've talked a lot about the difference between soul and spirit and how we're a three part being. Gotta get some water, I got so worked up. How we're a three part being that we live in a body. That we have a soul which will live um, with us. That's our personality. Our soul is divided into three parts as well. Does anybody remember them? I want, I think, I feel. Your mind, your will, your emotion, that's your soul. And then we have a spirit. And your spirit is what you really are. You know, we're to worship God. And God says true worshipers worship in spirit and truth not just going through the motions, but in spirit. And that's why you can't contact God with your mind. You can't contact God with your rationality. You have to humble yourself before him like a child and contact him with your spirit because he's a spirit. And so often we we um, try to contact him with our soul or with our intellect or Or with what we think we should be saying, you know, God, whatever, if you can just tell me what to do on this, da 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 da, da. and God says, No, 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 no. First you trust me, you worship me, you talk to me. You have a relationship with him. You know, I used to be confounded when the Bible said that we are to pray without ceasing. But really, that's not hard to do when you realize I need God all the time, I'm desperate for God all the time. I need His Word active and alive in my heart, working all the time. And then you end up talking to Him all the time. I can't tell you how many times Lacey's walked in the room and said, Who are you talking to? You know, Because sometimes I talk out loud and sometimes I talk to myself, but the Word spoken out loud is the most powerful thing you can do. We talked about the fact that faith comes from hearing and hearing the Word of God. But you know... Faith in anything comes from hearing. And we're hearing and hearing and hearing bad things, and we're hearing and hearing and hearing fear, and we're hearing and hearing and hearing rejection, or we're hearing and hearing and hearing recession, or we're hearing... Okay, so then we have fear. Why? Because that's what we're hearing. Our faith... You can have faith in bad things, or you can have faith in God. We need to be hearing and hearing and hearing the Word. And so... I so encourage you. I encourage you to read the word out loud. Read it to yourself. Even as I say these scriptures, there should be something happening inside you that the word of God, actually, when you don't know if it's you, if it's God, what you want, what's going on, I don't even know what I think, I'm really lost, well, guess what? If you start reading the word of God and you tell God that, He says that He the Word that's alive, that's active, that sits at the right hand of God, that is Jesus, will divide soul and spirit for you. It will become clear to you, what is me? What is God? What is the way to go? And sometimes we have to leave it with God for a while. You know, we have a question and and we're like, I don't know what to do. God, give me direction. Well, faith is leaving it with God for a while. Stop working on your problem and go help somebody else. You know, faith isn't when we lay our problem down to God and say, give me direction, give me direction, help me, God, and then we wait 2.5 seconds and we don't hear anything, and so we take it back and we go work on it some more. That's not faith. And that is something that we all are guilty of. I mean, faith is just trusting him like a father. Here it is. I need your help. I need you to show me. I, I don't know how to hear from you, but I'll wait upon you. And God always, always speaks in peace. You know, I love, to, I love this image because it has helped me so much. So I know I've said it in here before, but faith comes from hearing and hearing the Word of God. And anything you hear over and over again, it will be driven into you. And um, that word driven, you know, so often we feel driven. Driven, driven to do something, driven to do that, driven, driven, driven. That's not God because we're not cattle. You drive cattle. You drive cattle. And I think of like the cowboys after the cattle and there's all this dust and, 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 and the cowboys have the handkerchiefs over their faces halfway and, and the cattle are just running and running and they're being driven and driven. Well, you drive cattle. You don't drive sheep. And we're sheep. Sheep are led. Sheep are led. Let the Holy Father of God, let him lead you. He loves you. He doesn't want you constantly driven. He wants you to be led by peace. You know, the first time that you do that, that you leave your problem with God and you say, Okay, God, who can I help? What can I do? And that's biblical, because the Bible says, don't be overcome. You know the Bible says, don't be overcome? And how often do we say, I'm overwhelmed, I'm just overcome? We could easily be that way. I could easily be that way. I went to a surgeon the other night, and wow, you know. That's all I'm going to tell you is, wow. Wow. You have things in your life that you could be overwhelmed, overcome, but it says don't be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. That means that when I present the things that are hurtful to me to God and the things that that I need Him to take care of, I'm to go and do good because that is what overcoming is. That's how I overcome. Sometimes we can't do anything about our problems and someone else can, And they can't do anything about their problems, but we can. And that's called the body of Christ, that we need one another. We're not all to be like the marble, how do you say it, marble or man marble or cigarette? Cigarette? Who said it? How do you know that, Lacey? (laughs) We are not to be like this lone ranger guy that just is kind of like out there, and it's us and God, and that's all I need, and I'm going to try to help people because I'm going to have it all together. You know what? That's pride. It sounds good, but it's pride. We need each other, and we need to be in the body of Christ where we're reaching out to one another and being honest with one another. And there's no shame in that. So here we are realizing that the word of God is active in dividing soul and spirit, joints and marrow. I love that because I do have a situation. I have situations with my spine and my back and the metal and the rods and the screws and the the cages around the screws and the this and the that and the fusion and the da da da. da. It's confounding. It's confounding. But see, the word divides joint and marrow. In other words, it, it, it's sharper than any two-edged sword. And then I love that the Hebrew really does translate penetrating even to dividing soul and spirit joints and marrow. It's almost like the writer of the book of Hebrews sees a laser but doesn't really know what to call it. You know, those that write the Word of God are inspired by the Holy Spirit and so often they write things that, It seems like it wasn't even for their day, but for our day, because the Word is not ancient. It's not applicable to thousands of years ago. Yes, it is. Yes, it was. But it's also very applicable to us today. And it's almost like a laser, like something so sharp that it can go in between joint and marrow and and figure out what really is your problem. What really is going on here? Not only in your body, but in your heart, in your your relationships, in your life, um, what you think, what's going... God knows what's going on. And you will realize the truth and the direction and the peace that you need to go as God divides that for you, as you get to know Him through the Word of God. That's why it's so exciting to read the Word and to look at the Word and to and to trust the Word, to change you, and to inspire you, and to help you. It judges the thoughts and attitudes of the heart. You know, I thought, gosh, why did they have to put thoughts and attitudes? And then I realized, well, you know, my heart does have thoughts and attitudes. And sometimes I have really good thoughts, you know, and sometimes I have not so good, and... I don't even know they're there until I read the Word of God. I was reading the book of Hebrews, I mean, uh, Proverbs the other day. And I can't tell you how convicted I was, but in a good way. Like you're just like throwing off um, things that could be weighing you down. Like have you ever, it's not been winter here for about 100 years, but um, a long time ago when we had winter, do you all remember? It was a long time ago. Anybody remember? Raise your hand. Open your eyes. Open your eyes. And you wear like a real heavy, heavy coat. You know, some people wear down coats. Don't, you don't count. But really heavy, heavy coat. And you don't realize how much it weighs, so you go inside and you take it off, and you're like, oh, that feels so good. Or if you go skiing and you're just weighed down by all these things that you have to wear... And finally, when you just take them off, it feels so good. That's the way I feel when I read the Word of God because I am so convicted and and I'm able to say, God, forgive me for the thoughts and attitudes of my heart. I can read the Word and, and just start getting that heavy stuff off. That's why I love to sit in church so often because I'm quiet. And the Holy Spirit can speak to me. And sometimes, like, the attitudes and, and, and judgments of your heart will rise up. And, and it's like, almost like God lets that happen in church so he can show you what's really down in there. Because you'll find yourself thinking, well, or whatever. I'm not going to say it because you all think, well, she's trying to say this or that. But you know what I'm saying? And instead of just going, gosh, I'm such a bad person. I can't believe I. Nobody else thinks that. Nobody else ever would even just. Oh my gosh, where to go, God? You know. So prove that I need you. I need you to change in me. I need you to create in me a clean heart and renew a right spirit in me. And that keeps us humble. And God says that He will help, not only help, but but give promotion to the humble, but that He sets Himself against the proud. The proud are like, you know, Hi, how are you? I think things are just fine with me and I don't really need to change and you kind of have to just accept me the way I am. And... and all of us can be prideful. And God wants us to be humble, realizing that the Word will judge the thoughts and attitudes of our heart. And that shouldn't bring us, like, panic. That should make us excited. Because I don't know about you, but... I do know about you. I don't think you will be sitting in this class unless you wanted to change. I mean, most of you know when you're coming in here, you're going to hear the word, 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 because that's what excites me. That's what saved my life. That's what brought me um, peace in the midst of of turmoil. That's what brought healing to my body. That is what's done miraculous things for me and will for you as well is the word of God because that's Jesus, and he's our savior. And yes, we can receive Jesus and live on this earth and not really know the word and not really live in the kingdom of God and kind of just live like we go to work and not tell anybody that we're sort of depressed because what is, you know, what is really life all about? And then talk about how fast it goes and God wants us to live a life of love that's active. Again, I just feel like God keeps telling me to say, actively seek, how can you help someone else? Actively seek, how can you bless someone else? Actively seek to be Jesus to the world. We are supposed to be. You know, Christian means little Christ. And I think about that a lot, and I think, wow, you know, look around. That's kind of scary. And I've talked about that before, but it's almost like people are like, yeah, I'm a believer, but, you know, and then they kind of sign off like, but don't look at me for any kind of, you know, Jesus stuff. But I believe, but, you know, I'm just me, so you need to, but you can call my friend because um, she'll pray for you. I have so many people call and say, would you call so-and-so because they need prayer? And I'm thinking, that's your best friend. Why don't you pray with them? And they're like, oh, no, no, I I can't pray. And I'm thinking, prayer is talking to God, who's your heavenly Father who loves you. Yes, you can. It's not a religious thing where all the words have to float together and and bluebirds come and they circle around your head and an angel blows a harp and, you know... It's not what it is. It's just, God, you know, help my friend, Jesus. Help me. And if you really don't know how to pray, open up the Word. That's what's the most powerful, is God's Word. This is really a significant thing today. I don't know why, but I think this is one of the reasons God wants me to really focus on this Scripture. It says, nothing, Hebrews 4.13, in creation is hidden from God's sight. But everything is laid bare to him whom we must all give account. We need to remember that. Because sometimes we experience injustices or we see things that are hugely wrong and we have to know that not only are they not hidden from God, but that every person will have to give account, every one of us. And so we can sometimes just let go of the anger and let go of trying to fix things and spending our life being angry about things when we know that God is the one that's going to make things right. And, you know, I get to a place a lot of times I was really... Swimming the other day is really where this started, and and looking at these scriptures. And as I was swimming, I I started to feel merciful towards. I started out angry with a huge injustice that that I have experienced personally, and the entire group of 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 injustices that I see going on in this world, and. And I was so angry, rightfully angry. It wasn't like a personality angry or I was angry because it hurts people. And it's wrong. It's wrong when you ever put money before a human being. And I am so thankful that I am not in the position to have to account for that. God said to Peter, feed my lambs. Take care of my lambs. Do you love me, Peter? Jesus said, Do you love me? And and he's going back to heaven, you know. He's already been crucified and resurrected, and, and he's going back. Do you love me, Peter? I love you. Feed my sheep. you love me, Peter? Yes, you know I love you, Lord. Take care of my lambs. You know, it's taken me a while, but I finally figured out what God cares about the most are people. He doesn't care about the recording. He doesn't care that, you know, my skirt's falling down in certain places. He doesn't care that I look professional. He doesn't care that I have a whole other talk written that I think is funny and entertaining and might keep you awake. He cares about people. And He cares about you. And He changed this whole talk for you. God cares about people and we should have that same attitude all the time if it ever is in our hands to help someone, we should do it. And give mercy, Lord, to those that worship money more than you. And give mercy, Lord, to those that ignore your lambs but are building their own huge estate here on this earth with money as lambs as a sacrifice mercy i started to think oh lord mercy 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 you know we need to have that understanding always that we're not here for that long and so what are we going to do well it's pretty simple it's not hard it's not like You know, I know people like to debate, like, what are your end-time theories and, you know, all this stuff and, um, you know, how many scriptures do you know and, and where do you go to church and what's your doctrine and what, you know, most of it, I don't even know what they're talking about. I only know a couple of things and that is that I love God, He loves me, He is real, the Word is true, but the most important thing for me to do during the day is love people. Love God, love people even said the two most important things is love the Lord your God with all your heart and all your soul and all your mind, all your strength, and love your neighbor as yourself. Those are the two most important things. And if you do that, you can't go wrong. I mean, God says that if he's for us, who can be against us? Sometimes we feel so little. You know, in this situation going on with me, I feel so little. And Satan had me feeling so helpless and so much a victim until i realized nothing in all creation is hidden from god and all of us will someday give account did you love people god's word is powerful it's convicting it's um it's so important to me because we slide off so fast. Have you ever noticed that? Like last Sunday, you know, you walk out and you're like, Yes, the word, Jesus, yes. And it doesn't take more than a couple hours for like selfishness to come up and all of a sudden you're like, ring, 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 ring. we can talk all Sunday about, you know, we are we are supposed to be dead in Christ. Jesus is supposed to be alive in us. We're not supposed to run around asserting our rights. We are not to be Christians of entitlement. We're supposed to be servants. The greatest is the least in heaven. The first is the last in heaven. And Jesus, he, he, he kneeled and washed his disciples' feet. And he said, this is an example to you. I don't see many leaders doing that. I'm just being honest. And I'm not talking about like every meeting they go, okay, take your shoes off, socks, shoes, everybody, line up. i got to get the basin out. Wash your feet. I'm talking about that attitude of, like, humility, preferring one another, loving one another. That's what Jesus said will be known for. You'll know they're Christians by their love. You know? We were in the airport the other day, and <clears throat> coming back <clears throat> from Florida, and we met this man and his wife, um, he was a, he's a black man from Africa and then moved to Houston. And um, he um, just, out of the blue, remember Lacey? He was like, oh, I know you're a Christian. And we were like, wow. And he said, no, I can just see the Holy Spirit on you both. And, you know, that's great. And it's not that we're not, I mean, you all know that we, have our moments of disagreeing because, you know, we never argue. I explain that. But we disagree sometimes very loudly. But we don't yell. Although our neighbors could hear us sometimes. But it's just a disagreement loud. Um, we weren't taught any better. I'm just joking. But it's not very often. And you know what? The reason it's not is because we all need to learn to prefer one another and and give instead of taking and and you know the hardest place to not assert your rights is in your own family but how do we stay that way how do we stay as servants because really our flesh wants to rise up. You know, inside you right now, you're, the Holy Spirit inside you is going, yes, yes, I do need to have more of a servant's attitude. And yes, yes, I do need to be less selfish. And yes, I don't want to be the the victim or, or feel helpless. I need to realize that I have a Heavenly Father where everything is going to be made right. Everything is going to be justified. Yes, it, and then it doesn't take very long for us to walk out of here and Our flesh has got us right back to where we were. The only way for us to move forward is to stay in the Word. Stay in the Word. I don't know why I keep thinking about this, but the other night I washed Storm's feet. Oh, I need to let y'all go. Um, I had to because, you know how little boys, when it's hot and also when it's cold and at any time, they're barefoot running up and down the street... And so he got in bed, and he usually has a bath, but I, we were just too too tired to give him a bath. And um, I know none of you have ever done that with your children, where you just go, no, honey, you don't need a bath. It doesn't matter if they smell like a pig pen. You're like, you're fine, just get in bed, you know. And um, But anyway, we got in bed, and his feet were just black. And so I said, okay, I'm going to have to wash your feet. So I got a really warm washcloth, and... Um, dipped it in water and really washed his feet and he enjoyed that so much just the thought of, of somebody washing his feet he just enjoyed that so much and i was able to say that's what jesus did to his disciples that's what jesus does he doesn't go on the playground and say this is my ball this is my game he says here you can play and storm looked up at me and he said okay and that was all. But anyway, <laughs> um, at least I told the truth. I mean, the Word of God is living and active and sharper than any two-edged sword, penetrating even to dividing, soul and spirit, joint and marrow, judging the thoughts and attitudes of the heart. Nothing in all creation is hidden from the sight of God, but everything is laid bare to Him whom we must all give account. We serve a powerful God, a Jesus with penetrating eyes, who is not a victim and yet a servant, who is not weak and yet humble, who is not helpless and yet dependent upon God, and that's exactly where we're supposed to be. trusting and reading his word and, and changing and letting that word divide in us, and bringing us the things that bring out of us the things that need to come out. Bring into us the things that need to come in. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, I just thank you for. Jesus, the Word that sits at Your right hand, and I ask that He would stretch out His hand right now and bless each one of us. Father, we bow our heads to You in reverence, and we lift up to You our hearts and our lives and our hurts and our messes, but also our thanksgiving to You. And Father, we're so thankful for mothers we're so thankful for the dedication that they give to their children. We're so thankful for the love of a mother. And God, I just thank you that we see the, the mother heart of God through our mothers. We see your love and gentleness and forgiveness and mercy and also your correction, your generosity in our mothers. I just thank you so much for this day that we might celebrate them. And we just thank you, Lord, for giving us mothers. And we love you. In Jesus' name, amen.